are listening to the Devil's Talking Potters podcast for East Village Times. Coming to you from the Walter Cronkite School of Journalism and Mass Communication, here are your hosts, Dominic Stern and Bobby Murphy. Welcome to Devil's Talking Potters. Dominic Stern here alongside with me is Bobby Murphy here to recap the Potters series win. That's back-to-back series wins for the Padres against the Houston Astros, the first place Houston Astros and the same Houston Astros team has made it to four straight American League Championship Series. As the third time in the last two seasons, the Potters have beat the Astros in a series and the second time this year. So Potters got the Astros number. Uh, wouldn't mind seeing them in the World Series. Uh, just kidding. I really don't want to see them in the World Series because it's already been stressful enough in these regular season series. But they got the job done taking two out of three after dropping the opener, which the Potters very easily could have won. Uh, what are your thoughts on the series, Bobby? Um, I mean, coming into the, into the series, we knew we had to win it, even against a tough Astros team, but it was awesome. I mean, I remember watching that series last year when we won it, and then, I mean, these two, the two wins this year is Saturday and Sunday were just electric. They were fun to watch, fun to follow, because I was working on Sunday, during Sunday's game, so I wasn't able to actually watch it, but that was electric, and Petco looked fun. Petco was lively. It was more lively than the Philly series last uh, two weekends ago. But uh, I, I was worried, and I, I recorded an East Village Times podcast with our editor at East Village Times, James, and I was talking about how I really wanted to see a lively atmosphere there at Petco because it was the Astros. They're a good team. People want to go see them play. People also want to go boo them, and I thought that the crowd was out there. They showed support, and you know, for the first time, college students like ourselves – have left San Diego after being there for the summer. And the Padres were really good at Petco over the course of the summer. And I was hoping that I would continue and it did taking two out of three from the Astros. So I was very pleased with that game one Padres lost six to three game two. They won 10 to two in game three. The Padres won four to three on a walk-off home run by Jake Cronenworth. But to start the series, the Padres, they were down six to three, but it was a good game. Jake Arrieta, he started this game. It was his second start as a Padre. He actually looked very good. Uh, he only went five innings, but he allowed just three runs. It was three hits. Very easily could have been zero runs. There was a play in the fourth inning to lead off the inning in which a ball got hit into the shift. Eric Hosmer shouldn't have gone after the ball, but when he realized he wasn't going to get it, he needed to immediately go back to first. But at the same time, Jake Arrieta also has to cover first base on a ball to the right side of the infield. So two very basic fundamental, you know, parts of baseball that the Padres didn't execute on. And because of that, later in the inning, Kyle Tucker came up and hit a three-run home run. So that's happens when you give a very talented team, or sorry, Carlos Correa hit a three-run home run. Sorry, excuse me. Uh, he had a home run later in the game off Emilio Pagan. So there's that. But when you give a very good lineup like the Houston Astros extra outs, like the Padres in that fourth inning, they're going to make you pay. But the Padres kept fighting because they took the lead in the third inning when Manny Machado beat out an infield single, and then the Astros retook it in the fourth inning. In the fifth inning, they added a run when Tommy Pham hit a double into the gap. And then in the sixth inning, Austin Nola hit a dribbler down the first baseline. They got another run in. But the Padres' offense, they, they strained guys. They had a lot of opportunities in this game, and they didn't exactly capitalize on them. I know this is normally your thing, but two for now with runners in scoring position. You're not going to beat the Astros by scoring three runs. Unless you're the Seattle Mariners and they just have find the weirdest ways to win. But Kyle Tucker hit a two out home run against Emilio Pagan. 
And then the Astros also escaped across another run in the ninth inning when it ground ball this, they ruled it a single that's complete BS. It was an error by Eric Cosmer, just completely ate him up and Potters lost this game six to three. Um, very winnable game. And for this game, it just got frustrating. This would have been a huge game to start the series for the San Diego Padres. And then Pagano allowed the home, the home run in the eighth inning, and then they scored again in the ninth and fell short by three runs. But only scoring three runs, obviously not good enough. Seven hits with and runs, six walks. Padres were getting guys on base. They just, like you said, were not able to bring them in. And Arietta. I mean, I said five innings, three runs. I'll take from him. I'll take from him every time. It's not the best start, but it's not the worst. Uh, and I'm not expecting too much from Arietta. Really, if he allows three runs in, in a game, we'll just need the bullpen to pick up the slack. And Pagan didn't do that. Daniel Hudson didn't do that. Uh, but just a tough game. Was not able to bring guys in. Tatis was 0 for 3. He did draw two walks, though. Nola went two for four. I love seeing Pham double in Grisham and Nola singling it in for, for those two RBIs. And then Manny hustling to first to score Cam. That was a great first run for the Padres to take the lead in the third. But just late bullpen collapse hurt, hurt in this game. Yeah, I think it was more of the offense only putting across three runs, especially considering what they're going up against. And we talked about it. Urquidy coming off the injury list, he wasn't going to throw a lot of pitches. He only threw 71. They got deep into the bullpen and that paid dividends later on in the series because the Potters were able to beat the bullpen late in the game. And that that's how we talked about it. You know, they're going to have to beat the bullpen of the Houston Astros. They absolutely did in the season series. Cause as we also remember in the series in Houston, the Potters killed their bullpen. And that was awesome to see it happen. It didn't happen in this first game, but um, it paid dividends by making one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, Astros relievers pitch in game number one in the series. In game two, Potters won this game 10 to two. It promised you was a lot closer than that throughout the game. The Astros, they started off with a run in each of the first two innings against Joe Musgrove. Yuli Gurriel strung together a two-out rally with a single off the middle. And then in the second inning, Kyle Tucker once again hit a home run. I think that was like the fourth or the fifth time this season he's had a home run in back-to-back games. So when Tucker's hot, He's hot and he did not hit a home run on Sunday, but he definitely got close one time. So really good hitter there for the Astros, but uh, good teams respond when the opposing team score runs and the Padres put up four runs in the second inning. And what I liked about it was they took Framber Dez to the opposite field. Valdez is one of the most underrated pitchers in baseball. And Tangler said that in the post-game press conference, He's got a nasty sinker. He's got a really good curveball, and he's also got a good changeup to play off it. And when you have a guy that throws a really good offsuit pitch with an with a fastball that goes like 94-95, you want to try and take that fastball to the opposite field. So that way, when you get that off-speed pitch, you're able to pull it. Like you're able, you're not, you're not like trying to pull that fastball. You're trying to go opposite field with the fastball. And it makes it significantly easier to adjust on the off-speed pitch. Damian Easley and Jace Tingler have been receiving a lot of crap lately, and I get that because the Potters' offense has been horrible, but they came into this game with a very good approach, and the Potters deserve a lot of credit for that game. They got four runs against Valdez. It only came in one inning, but looked very good in that inning. In the bullpen, they didn't allow a single hit after Joe Musgrove pitched five and a third, so they were able to score. The bullpen was able to record 11 outs without allowing a run, which are out without allowing a hit, which... Extremely impressive. Denelson Lamette did walk two guys and Dino Hudson walked the batter, but that was it from the Padres bullpen. In the seventh inning, 
the Padres exploded. And this is really what I think might kickstart the Padres postseason playoff run. They hit three home runs in the last two innings of the game. Mini Machado got an elevator fastball after Fernando Tatis Jr. drew a walk. Will Myers got a slider after Jake Cronenworth drew a walk. And then after Austin Nola drew a walk, Fernando Tatis Jr. drilled the ball to left field. And just like that, Potters won 10-2. And Austin Adams came in, and he looked really good. Through 10 pitches, nine strikes. I'm telling you, don't give up on Austin Adams. I When Austin Adams is on, he's an elite relief pitcher, like one of the best in baseball. His last month and a half, two months, hasn't been great ever since he hit John Birdie in the head. But when he's on, the Padres have one of the best bullpen pitchers in all baseball. And before I get to the lineup, which, as you mentioned, scored 10 runs, I also want to talk about Austin Adams. When he had that bean, bean, walk, walk game a few days ago or last week sometime, it, like, we know how nasty sliders. We talked about it in the last episode, how it's hard for him to obviously take control of it. It's a slider. It can be very hard to control sometimes. But like you said, when he, when he's on, he's absolutely disgusting. His slider is disgusting. And there's been so many times where he's either walking guys, beating guys, or he gets to an end in one, two, three, which, and I would love to know the numbers on that. I'm going to look at that for another episode, but Austin Adams goes one, two, three, 10 to 15 pitches a lot. And I love him in the bullpen. He can be scary to watch sometimes, but love Adams. Musgrove did get hit a little hard in this game, allowed seven hits and five and a third, only allowed two runs. So that it wasn't the best start from him, but was able to get out of it. Only walked one guy, had four strikeouts, threw a hundred pitches. So he's going to work hard, but was able to, to get out of it. Like you said, the rest of the bullpen looked great. Hudson walked a guy, got out of it. Tim Hill, one pitch, one double play to get up to end the inning. Lamette walked two guys, struck out a guy, didn't allow any runs. I'm not worried about him at all. I'm excited to see him in the bullpen. Pierce Johnson, he looked good in his two pitches. But the lineup, I mean, that was just a great explosion to see in the game. Second inning, Nola to tease, pro far on the balk. That was a great single from Tatis to go oppo on, on that two run on that uh two run single in the second but that seventh inning eighth inning were, was just electric to watch manny two run homer myers two run homer and Tatis two run homer manny's went 453 feet and Tatis 444 but this game i mean we had 11 hits of course five for 11 with runners in scoring position love to see that clutch hitting from the padres Tatis had a great game four rbis two for three with two walks and two runs uh, Fam struggled, went 0 for 3. Myers, 2 for 4, 2 runs, 2 RBIs, of course, that with that home run. But love, it was great to see this. It w- would have been a bad loss if we had lost this game to lose the first two in the series. But hopefully this uh, will be the start of a, of a winning streak, or hopefully this will be the start for the winning streak. Yes, because the Padres, they did win on Sunday, which isn't a winning streak yet because only two games is not a winning streak, as we all remember from the classic line. From Major League, I think it was Major League One. I'm not really sure. Anyways, doesn't matter. But Padres, game number three, had Chris Paddock on the bump. And the first inning was very ugly. Not from Chris Paddock's sake, but just from the team's sake. Jose Altuve hits a leadoff double and you're sitting there like, oh boy, here comes that Astros offense that we really haven't seen click it yet this series. And next batter, Michael Brantley had a ground ball to short. Cronenworth made a nice play. Threw a nice, easy one-hop for Eric Cosmer and it just hit his glove and he didn't catch it. And the ball got away, which allowed Altuve to get up to third. And you're sitting there and you're like, geez, man, like it's already going to go bad. Next batter, Alex Bregman. Weak pop fly down the right field line. Fernando Tatis Jr. is playing back and in the gap. 
And he almost got there because he's so damn fast, but he didn't ball got down. And all of a sudden they should have had a man on second and two outs instead. Then I'll runners on first and second and a run home and no outs, but credit to Chris Paddock. He was able to get out of the inning without allowing a run or another run. They did charge him with an earned run there, which I strongly disagree with, but that's fine. It doesn't matter because in the grand scheme of things, runs are runs and that's all that matters. But the Potters, they responded in the first inning in the bottom half because after that, good teams respond when the opposing team score runs. We just talked about that. Happen again in this game. They're able to get three runs in the first inning. Will Myers had a sack fly after Trent Grisham and Machado got singles and Cronenworth got a walk. Then Eric Cosmer, he made, a mis- he, he, he made a mistake in the field by not picking that ball. But you know what? He came back and he made up for it by driving in two runs. He made up for his mistake and more. That's all you can ask for. Because listen, we've talked about it on this podcast. Eric Cosmer's not been good this year and he hasn't been good as a Padre. But when he makes his mistakes, if he can make up for them, that's huge. Chris Paddock after that was money through the sixth inning. He ended up finishing the inning with 59 pitches through six. Comes back out for the seventh inning, gets behind Yuli Gurriel's fastball velocity dropped. Gurriel hit a ball 412 feet. Then Correa on the next pitch hit a ball 406 feet. All of a sudden, it's a tie game. Ball gets turned over the bullpen. Once again, how many hits do they allow, Bobby? None. They'll have zero hits in three innings at work. Bullpen has now put together... Six and two thirds consecutive innings without giving up a hit. And I mean, I guess that's also however many outs they got in the ninth inning without allowing a hit after the, uh, the single to drive in the run, but bullpen's pitching really well as of late, which is what matters. Melanson, he looked great by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, he did his typical Melanson thing where he makes things as sketchy as possible, but gets the job done Did 21 pitches. Only nine of them were strikes and not all of them were in the strike zone. He got some chases he also got some calls from from umpire Joe West, including the strikeout of Aledmus Diaz. And it was not a good inning for him, to say the least, but he got the double play ball, and then he got the strikeout. So Melanson didn't allow any runs. He picks up the win because Jake Cronenworth, he hit the hanging splitter in the ninth inning into the Crone zone. And the Padres won the series and they won the game four to three. What were your thoughts just from, from looking at it? Cause like you said, you didn't, you didn't watch this game, but you were able so, to look at it. Like I mentioned I was at work for this game and I was with Melanson coming in ninth inning in a tie game. I know non-safe situations. A lot of people don't like that coming into the end. And I was totally fine with it. Put your best closure in a game that we have to win a game that we blew in the late in the game, put in your best pitcher and I look at it and it's two walks and then I get busy, come back and I see that there was a double play and I'm, I'm literally sweating. It was literally also outside, but I was sweating because I'm just so scared. Paul just had to win this game. And then he gets a double play walks. Another guy <laughs> he had three walks in that ninth inning. And then I see that he strikes out the next guy looking and then got busy at work. And then I'm like, Oh shoot. <laughs> like a few minutes later, I'm like, Oh good. Audrey game's on. And then the second I pull up my phone, I see the alert, Corner the block off home run. That was awesome. The call was awesome. Shout out to Don Orsillo, of course. But, I mean, this was a – I wish I could have seen this entire game. Paddock looked really good is what I, is from what I heard. Uh, I saw the tweet from AC that he retired 11 straight. Had zero strikeouts in this game, but you know, threw 63 pitches in 60 innings. Threw five, he had 49 pitches. And he, he sounded like he was re- looking really good. Sucks that he allowed, of course, the back-to-back home runs. But – 
the second to fifth, second to sixth inning. He was looking really good. And I'm glad that Paddock is back and looking solid. But like you said, bullpen was looking phenomenal, or at least Stamon and Pagan. Thank God that Melanson was able to take it out of that. But scary game. Thank God the Padres were able to win it and thankful for the Crone Zone. Yeah, he only recorded one swing and miss on the entire day. So, I mean, I Paddock, he was effective enough to where when you're facing a good lineup, you're able to limit the damage. But there are definitely a lot of hard hit balls hit by the Houston Astros that were like caught at the warning track. I mean, just looking at it through Savant, I mean, the first inning was really just the double by Altuve. Then you look at it in the second inning, you had a line out hit at 98 miles an hour by Garrett Stubbs. You also had another double in that game as well. Uh, Altuve had 105 mile an hour lineup. Alex Bregman had a 400, 420 expected batting average fly out in the third inning. Guriel had a 102 mile an hour ground out. Uh, fifth inning was routine in the sixth inning. Uh, the softest hit ball that inning was 97 miles an hour. The expected batting average uh, for all four of these in the sixth inning was 510, 450, 540, and 720. So uh, he was good at limiting the hard contact, but at the same time, they definitely hit some ball hard, some balls hard. And it, if he barely missed any of the spots, the Astros were going to punish him. He didn't though. And I think that's the takeaway from this game. Uh, another quality star from Paddock. He's been a lot better ever since he fixed some of the stuff. He's definitely had some rough outings, but he's looking like a three pitch pitcher. And if he didn't have that curveball working today, who knows how he pitches against the Houston Astros in this game. And with Paddock pitching well recently, 11, three runs and six innings, six innings. I'll take that from him every start, but his last two starts, he's been looking very good coming off the IL and that'll be huge. If he, he moves to the bullpen for the playoffs, if we keep him as the fourth starter really depends on how the rest of the guys look like in the rotation, but he could be a guy that moves to the, to the bullpen for the playoffs. And this is these last two starts have been huge for him. Yep. Hopefully you can continue to build off it and continue to pitch well into September. That wraps up the series recap against the Houston Astros. Very well done series from the Padres, taking two out of three. Now 73 and 64 on the season. And with the rest of the results that happened this past week, the Padres are now back in the playoff picture in that wildcard spot. The Cincinnati Reds dropped two out of three to the Detroit Tigers, who have had a good second half. So, um, you know, I mean, we can, of course, make fun of the Reds because they dropped two out of three. But the Tigers, they're not really a slouch team. They're going to be a very good team next year. But... They handle business there. The Cardinals also dropped two out of three to the Milwaukee Brewers, albeit the Milwaukee Brewers are a very good team this year. And then at the same time, the Phillies, they're creeping up. But the Padres, back in the playoff picture, playoff expected odds still don't favor the Padres considering the remaining schedules for the teams. But, hey, Padres are in it. If they win it, if they win out for the rest of the season, they will at least have a spot in the playoffs in game 163. That's what that means. So, the Padres control their own destiny now, which is all they can really ask for. And if they were to face the Reds in that game, 163, the game would be at Petco and I would be driving out Sunday night because my family would have tickets to that game. So uh, I'm, I'm that, that's my best bet of going to a playoff game. This game 163 against the Reds, not the Phillies, because that game would not be in San Diego. That game would be in Philadelphia. But now up and coming is a two game series against the Los Angeles Angels. The Angels, they don't have any projected starters as of yet. Uh, we're all assuming that Otani is going to be pitching on Wednesday, which is going to be really cool if that ends up happening. But 
for Tuesday and Wednesday, the Potters will be throwing Blake Snell and you Darvish. Um, you know, what are we expecting out of these guys, Bobby? First of all, I know Snell is starting first. I want to talk about Darvish first. He just got hit really hard against the D-backs in that last start uh, on last Wednesday. Two and two-thirds, eight hits, five runs, and a home run. He did not look good at all. His last few starts, he's really been struggling. He did go six innings against the Dodgers in his other start, but his last two starts against the D-backs have been bad, and then he had another one against the D-backs, but he's not having way too many starts against them. We need to see him against other teams and just not against one lineup over and over again. But Darvish has really been struggling. His ERA is up to 4.05 for one guy who we've been saying for most of the season will be a wild card starter if we get one. He's really been struggling, not been looking good. So this will be a huge start for him. Blake Snell, I mean, he's been working really hard. He's been getting taxed 107 and 122 pitches his last two outings. Of course, the seven inning, 10 strikeout, no hit performance against the D-backs on Tuesday or last Tuesday, but I like the guys we're putting out, of course, our top two pitchers in the rotation pretty much, and Snell's looking good. Darvish has been struggling, but against the Angels, this this should be a good matchup. You, Darvish, one thing I've noticed, we've talked about this with some other pitchers for the San Diego Padres. He's got some pretty nasty home and away splits. He's coming back home where you, Darvish, has a 3-3 ERA on the year in 90 innings and a .956 whip with 116 strikeouts. On the road this year for you, Darvish, he's got a 5.4 ERA in 50 innings pitched in 10 starts with only 51 strikeouts. So he's striking out more guys. He's allowing less hits and he's allowing, in essence, way less runs. He's allowed 33 runs at Petco Park this year. He's allowed 30 runs uh, on the road in five less starts. So he's been much better at home. That should be a very important note for the Padres fans. And of course, we've talked about it with Blake Snell his home in a road splits they're, they're evening out, but he's been better at home. So you like to see two guys that have pitched well at Petco park going on the mound against an angels team that has been very inconsistent all year and is the one remaining team on the Padres schedule that is below 500, which I find incredibly frustrating, but uh, playoff baseball in September for the San Diego Padres. I think that's going to be a good warm up for if they're going to make the postseason, they're going to have to beat, other postseason teams to get in. The one exception is the Los Angeles Angels and I guess the St. Louis Cardinals, who the Potters could eliminate there. But Shohei Otani, I mean, he's the one big star on this team. He has five more war than every other player on this Angels roster. David Fletcher is second on the team with three war. And then Shohei Otani has eight war. This is according to baseball reference for all those people that care. Potters. They did a good job of limiting him in the two games up at Anaheim. Now Ryan Weathers in the second game hit him in the first inning on accident, but that definitely sets him up for not as good of a performance uh, for that second game. It'll be interesting to see how he plays at Petco Park and the type of ovation that he's going to get from Potters fans because, you know, Potters fans, we've been very pleased with the performance of our superstar, Fernando Tatis Jr., but Shohei Otani, he's likely, well, he will be the American League MVP. So you're going to get the chance to see two MVPs on the field this year on the field at Petco Park at the same time. And I think that's a really cool opportunity. And of course, Otani, if he is against us on the mound uh, this series, of course, that's always tough. I do hope he's out there on the mound. 2.97 ERA on the season for Otani. And of course, league leading 43 home runs, 93 RBIs, which is tied for six. 0.970 OPS, which is fourth in the league. 
like you said, Dom, he's the MVP and really hope we can see a Otani versus Tatis matchup. But I mean, it's, if he's out there on the mound, that'll be a, just fun to watch his last outing. He was amazing. Seven innings, two runs, eight strikeouts. And I mean, really this rotation isn't even that good, but with Otani out there, I would love to face him. We'd we'll, love to see how this lineup does against him. And like you said, two MVPs on the field would be awesome. Well, I mean, this rotation sucks. I mean, there's no other way around it. Their rotation entering the year was Otani, Heaney, Bundy, Cobb, and Quintana. And Otani's healthy. Heaney's on the Yankees. Bundy's on the IL. Cobb's on the IL. And Quintana is on the Giants. So the rotation sucks. There's really no other way around it. They do have some other guys who have filled in in some starts for them. Jose Suarez has a 3.74 ERA, but he just pitched on Saturday. So the Potters won't see him in this upcoming series. A couple other guys that haven't been very impressive. So Padres got to be able to get to the starters and tax the bullpen and get to the bullpen early. I mean, the angels are going to have an off day on Monday. So you might see Iglesias come in for some extended time as in 56 games, he's done 61 innings pitch this year. He's been a very good pitcher for them, but Outside of that, this bullpen, it's really rough, and so is the starting pitching staff. And with Snell and Darvish pitching this series, just looking ahead for a sec, we played the dot – so day off Monday, the day off Thursday, and then Padres get about 10, to, 10 games in a row with no off days until September 20th. But Snell and Darvish this series, as of now on ESPN, for the Dodgers series next weekend, it says Musgrove, Paddock, Snell. That would just give Snell five days in between starts. That could be a bullpen day. We'll see what happens – this weekend when we play the Dodgers, but throwing Snell and Darvish will need to win these two games against the Angels. Yep. You got anything else you want to talk about the Angels? Uh, just got to win these two because it gets t- tough, tough ro- road stand coming up. Yeah, really tough. It's going to be 10 games on the road after an off day on Thursday. It's going to go three games in Los Angeles, four games in San Francisco, and then three games in St. Louis. All three teams fighting for playoff spots here in the National League, and they're all veteran experienced teams that have played meaningful baseball in September. So the Potters are going to have their work cut out for them and they can give themselves just a little bit more room for error if they win these two games against the Angels. And I'm not expecting them to win if Shohei Otani is pitching in one of these games, but I do expect them to win the other games. So that's going to wrap up this episode of Dallas Talking Padres. We thank you all for tuning in. Make sure to follow Bobby and I on Twitter. You can find me at DMster19. You can find Bobby at BobbyMurphy2000. Make sure to continue to check out our work at eastvillagetimes.com. And follow us on Twitter at EVT underscore news to know whenever we post an article, whether it's about the Padres, the Aztecs who open up their season with a 28 to 10 win over New Mexico state or the San Diego loyal who also won on Sunday. We thank you all for tuning in, catch you in the next episode after the series against the angels go Padres.